Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. And good morning to our podcast friends on this beautiful Monday morning, I believe, for you. We're re-recording this, and uh, we are going through the Word of God chronologically, book by book. If this is your first time with us, welcome. We have found our way all the way up into the book of Numbers right now. So we're going to be reading Numbers 5 and 6 and Mark um, chapter 13, just about halfway through this morning. So as we get our hearts ready, we'll do a little trivia on this day, what happened on March 12th anyway. And maybe you'll be picking this up on the 13th, but we'll look into what happened on the 12th. And on this day, we find out that Dennis the Menace was the comic strip's debut by Hank Ketchum, based on the real life of Dennis Ketchum, who earned the nickname Dennis the Menace when he was four years old. I actually didn't know that. How, how, how interesting. Based on a real life character. Uh, Second Temple of Jerusalem on March 12, 515 B.C. was completed. The Jewish Holy Temple is completed in Jerusalem on this day, March 12, 515 B.C. It stood on the Temple Mount during the Second Temple period, 516 to 70 A.D. 516 B.C. without the E to 70 A.D., not C.E. That is the world's confused way of trying to take Christ out of everything. It replaced the first temple, Solomon's temple, which was destroyed by the Babylonian Empire in 586 BC. So what's nice about this entry here is that it doesn't say the supposed temple or the history or what. It it says the holy temple is completed as a fact. That is the one... (laughs) One of the more positive things that I've found about this website, because it's not a Christian website at all, and it has, it's got some pretty strange things on it sometimes. Anyway, um, Elizabeth Smart, in 2003, on this day, is rescued after being abducted nine months earlier at knife point in her bedroom in her family's home in Salt Lake City. Her kidnappers were recognized from the TV show America's Most Wanted, her abduction had been subject to numerous books and films. Well, that's that's a re- day to rejoice for her uh, being rescued. Good job for those officers in that TV show. And um, sad day for the Church of England. In my opinion, and it's a biblical opinion, Church of England's first woman priest in 1994. 32 women are ordained as priests in England's official state church. And if you've noticed what's gone on with that church ever since, it's gone down the tubes. Women were never ordained for the ministry in Jesus' eyes, or he would have done it. Just to fulfill a different role. They were all part of his ministry. They all followed him, ministered to him. They were very valuable. Obviously, the first women to the first people of the tomb were women. First people to understand about the resurrection and see the empty tomb and the angel were women. There's a lot we could say about women being blessed in the Bible. Just they were not called into the role of being pastors or priests. All right, the Beatles. John McCarthy marries Linda Eastman. Okay, big deal. That's not a big deal. That's about 
It Coca-Cola Company is sold in bottles for the first time on this day in 1894. <laughs> and I guess I better mention this one because most of us had the album. <laughs> most of us did. James Taylor. You've Got a Friend, 1971. James Taylor wrote the lyrics for Fire and Rain for his friend Suzanne somebody who committed suicide by jumping in front of a New York subway, 1968. Taylor was in London recording at the time. His band members did not tell him of her death until later, so as not to distract him from the recording session. Just yesterday morning, they let me know you were gone. Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you. I've seen Fire and Rain, I've seen The Sunny Days, and I thought would never end. So I did not... I think I heard that, but I forgot it, that he did write it about a good friend that um, committed suicide. How sad is that? And why the world doesn't save, nor all the, all the nice James Taylor music in the world doesn't save. Only the Lord does, and that's where you find purpose and meaning. So there you go. Let's see. Let's go over and see if we've got a dad joke before we get going this morning. Let's look into the new dad jokes. And we will look down here into the bad dad jokes. So we're just using up all that we had. Going to a different category now. Part two. We're going to have to go to part two of the bad dad jokes. We've used up all those. Let's see if we've gone through these. Two grains of sand go through the desert. One to the other. I have a feeling that somebody is watching me. <laughs> I don't know how to process that one. A guy... Files for divorce only two days after he hears that his wife's father died and left a huge heritage worth a million dollars. He calls his wife and says, honey, I'm pregnant. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, I believe that. Mm -hmm. Oh, they were laughing when I told them I'm becoming a stand-up comedian. Well, ha, huh? <laughs> they're not laughing now. Uh, yeah, I hope a stand-up comedian never uses that line. So we are in uh, Numbers chapter 5 and chapter 6. Let's pray and get into the Word. Father, thank you for this morning and blessing us. Thank you for bringing us before your throne. And we do know, God, there is always things that we can glean from your Word if we would but yield to it and ask you to show us and set our heart upon it. Sometimes reread it and, and study it, meditate on it. So thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Chapter 5, verse 1. And then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the sons of Israel that they send away from the camp every leper and everyone having a discharge and everyone who is unclean because of a dead person. You shall send away both male and female. You shall send them outside the camp so they will not defile the camp whether where I dwell in their midst. The sons of Israel did so and sent them outside the camp. Just as the Lord had spoken to Moses, thus the sons of Israel did. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel. When a man or a woman commits any of the sins of mankind, acting unfaithfully against the Lord, and that person is guilty, then he shall confess his sins which he has committed, and he shall make restitution in full for his wrong, and add to it one-fifth of it, and give it to him, who he has wronged. But if the man has no relative to whom restitution may be made for the wrong, the restitution which is made for the wrong must go to the Lord 
for the priest besides the ram of atonement by which the atonement is made for him. Also, every contribution pertaining to all the holy gifts of the sons of Israel, which they offer to the priest, shall be his. So every man's holy gifts shall be his. Whatever any man gives to the priest, it shall become his. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, If any man's wife goes astray and is unfaithful to him, and a man has intercourse with her, and it is hidden from his eyes, the eyes of her husband, and she is undetected, although she has defiled herself, and there is no witnesses or no witness against her, and she has not been caught in the act, if the spirit of jealousy comes over him, and he is jealous for his wife when she has defiled herself, or if a spirit of jealousy comes over him, and he is jealous for his wife when she has not defiled herself, the man shall then bring his wife to the priest, and shall bring as an offering for her one-tenth of an ephah of barley meal. He shall not pour oil on it, nor put frankincense on it, For it is a grain offering of jealousy, a grain offering of memorial, a reminder of iniquity. Then the priest shall bring her near and give her and have her stand before the Lord. The priest shall take holy water in an earthenware vessel. He shall take some of the dust that is on the floor of the tabernacle and put it into the water. The priest shall then have the woman stand before the Lord and let the hair of the woman's hair head go loose, and place the grain offering of memorial in her hands, which is the grain offering of jealousy, and in the hand of the priest is to be the water of the bitterness that brings a curse. The priest shall have her take an oath, and shall say to the woman, If no man has lain with you, and if you have not gone astray into uncleanness, being under the authority of your husband, be immune from this water of bitterness that brings a curse. If you, however, have gone astray, being under the authority of your husband, and if you have defiled yourself, and a man other than your husband has had intercourse with you, then the priest shall have the woman swear with the oath of the curse, and the priest shall say to the woman, The Lord make you a curse and an oath among your people by the Lord making your thigh waste away and your abdomen swell. And this water that brings a curse shall go into your stomach and make your abdomen swell and your thigh waste away. And the woman shall say, Amen, Amen. The priest shall then write these curses on a scroll and he shall wash them off into the water of bitterness. Then he shall make the woman drink the water of bitterness that brings a curse so that the water which brings a curse will go into her and cause bitterness. The priest shall take the grain offering of jealousy from the woman's hand, and he shall wave the grain offering before the Lord and bring it to the altar. The priest shall take a handful of the grain offering as its memorial offering and offer it up in smoke on the altar, and afterward he shall make the woman drink the water. When he has made her drink the water, then it shall come about, if she has defiled herself and has been unfaithful to her husband, that the water which brings a curse will go into her and cause bitterness, and her abdomen will swell, and her thigh will waste away, and the woman will become a curse among her people. But if the woman has not defiled herself and is clean, she will then be free and conceive children. This is the law of jealousy when a wife being under the authority of her husband 
goes astray and defiles herself. Or when the spirit of jealousy comes over a man and he is jealous of his wife, he shall then make the woman stand before the Lord and the priest shall apply this law to her. Moreover, the man will be free from guilt, but that woman shall bear her guilt. Chapter 6, Law of the Nazarites. Again, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When a man or a woman makes a special vow, the vow of a Nazarite, to dedicate himself to the Lord, he shall abstain from wine and strong drink. He shall drink no vinegar, whether made from wine or strong drink, nor shall he drink any grape juice or eat fresh or dried grapes. All the days of his separation, he shall not eat anything that is produced by the grapevine from the seeds even to the skin. All the days of his vow of separation, no razor shall pass over his head. He shall be holy and, um, until the days are fulfilled for which he separated himself to the Lord. He shall let the locks of his hair on his head grow long. All the days of his separation to the Lord, he shall not go near to a dead person. He shall not make himself unclean for his father or for his mother, for his brother or for his sister when they die, because his separation to God is on his head. All the days of his separation, he is holy to the Lord. But if a man dies very suddenly beside him, and he defiles his dedicated head of hair, then he shall shave his head on the day when he becomes clean. He shall shave it on the seventh day. Then on the eighth day, he shall bring two turtle doves and two young pigeons to the priest to the doorway of the tent of meeting. The priest shall offer one for a sin offering and the other for a burn offering and make atonement for him concerning his sin because of the dead person. And that same day he shall consecrate his head and shall dedicate to the Lord his days as a Nazarite and shall bring a male lamb, a year old, for a guilt offering. But the former days will be void because his separation was defiled. Now this is the law of the Nazarite. When the days of his separation are fulfilled, he shall bring the offering to the doorway of the tent of meeting, he shall present his offering to the Lord, one male lamb, a year old, without defect, for a burnt offering, and one ewe uh, lamb, a year old, without defect, for a sin offering, and one ram without defect, for a peace offering. And the basket of unleavened cakes, of fine flour, mixed with oil, and unleavened wafers, spread with oil, among with their grain offering and their drink offering. Then the priest shall present them before the Lord, and shall offer his sin offering with his burnt offering. He shall offer the ram for a sacrifice of peace offering to the Lord, together with the basket of unleavened bread. The priest shall likewise offer its grain offering and its drink offering. The Nazarite shall then shave his dedicated head of hair at the doorway of the tent of meeting, and shall take the dedicated hair of his head and put it on the fire, which is under the sacrifice of peace offering. The priest shall take the ram's shoulder when it has been boiled, and one unleavened cake out of the basket and one unleavened wafer and shall put them on the, in the hands of the Nazarite after he has shaved his dedicated hair. Then the priest shall wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. It is holy for the priest together with the breast offered by the waving and the thigh offered by lifting up. And afterward, the Nazarite may drink wine. This is the law of the Nazarite who vows his offering to the Lord according to his separation in addition to what else he can afford according to his vow, which he takes. So he shall do according to the law of his separation. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, 
saying, Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you, and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. So you shall invoke the name of the sons of Israel. Then I will bless you. So there we have some very strange Levitical laws concerning those offering sacrifices and those coming before the Lord and has very strange <laughs> law of jealousy. How do you process all this stuff? Well, again, number one, this was specifically for those in Israel. And again, they are very, very new in their understanding and their walk with, with God. They needed to learn what was holy, what was unholy, what was acceptable to God, what was not. How acceptable was it in the Egyptian culture for, for men to go take any woman they wanted and sleep with them or all the immorality that was going on? Um, probably pretty common. And of course, the, the whole thing of leprosy is leprosy is a type of sin we know in the Bible. And so it's contagious and it, and it causes other people to be sick. So anybody with leprosy, obviously, um, or having an infection, anything that could be contagious, they were put outside the camp. Again, this is way before anybody ever understood about infections, how infections spread, about germs and bacteria and all that kind of stuff. God did, and so God set them apart for their own protection. Uh, so this is why we see all these ordinances made to help protect them. Anyway, um, this getting back to this thing, of this test of adultery, um, how, what do we do with that? Well, I can say the one takeaway from all this is God is very serious about marriage, right? The two shall become one flesh and they shall, they shall be holy before the Lord. And Israel, just like the church, just like we in the church were to be a model of his relationship with us. And there was not to be any kind of adultery in that. A woman who willingly went into a adulterous relationship would cause a cancer to develop. If other women found out and they were okay with it, now, wow, you got away with that? Cool. I want to I wanna have a, an affair. And those kind of things were to spread, then it would become a cancer and it would destroy homes. It would destroy families. It would destroy the nation as it does today. But there God says, no, I'm going to put a stop to it. And, and a supernatural stop to it. I mean, he could find out whether or not she did or not. The procedure's weird, and we don't see any of the same thing given over to the, the man if he was cheating. But And so I'm not going to claim to understand it all, but I do understand the concept of the holiness of marriage and how God wants to protect it. And in protecting the marriage, he's protecting both of them. He's protecting the child as well. And so, and if she was innocent, she had nothing to worry about. She could say, this is my jealous husband. Give me the water. I'll drink it. So it was a way that God could get to the bottom of something. And, and that just tells you something very important that our culture refuses to believe or accept. And that is God hates adultery. God hates adultery. And we cannot accept our cultural standards these days that, um, that you can have all kinds of sexual encounters and it doesn't matter. You can go outside. You don't have to be married, or you can go outside the marriage. You even hear people say, oh, adultery is good for marriage, strengthens marriage. That's all garbage. Here, God sets up within the priesthood. Why? Because God 
wants holiness. And any kind of physical immorality was to him immorality towards him. He's a spiritual being. It was adultery towards him. And so man would be judged. So you have, you have all that. Um, and uh, how you process that yourself, all I can say is we don't want to get caught up in the, in the uh, cultural appropriateness or what we accept as a culture and somehow that the Bible is outdated. What the Bible had was for the benefit of humankind and those people. If they followed it, then they would be blessed. So it was not a archaic uh, practice by ignorant um, people. It was by people trying to follow something that it, uh, the God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever had set up. All that means for us is that we need to be faithful in our marriages. We need to maintain fidelity and not, not even sin in our hearts, not even go after the, the sin in, on the internet or anywhere else. So it needs to stay one man, one woman bound for life, and that is God's perfect will. All right, now jumping over to chapter 13 of the book of Mark. As he was going out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, behold, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another which will not be torn down. As he was sitting on the Mount of Olives office at the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew were questioning him privately. Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign when all these things are going to be fulfilled? And Jesus began to say to them, See to it that no one misleads you. Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and will mislead many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be frightened. Those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. For nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places, and there will also be famines. These things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. But be on your guard, for they will deliver you to the courts, and you will be flogged in the synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them. The gospel must first be preached to all the nations. When they arrest you and hand you over, do not worry beforehand about what you are to say, but say whatever is given to you in that hour, for it is not you who speaks, but it is the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death and father his child, and child will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by all because of my name but the one who endures to the end will be saved. But when you see the abominations of desolation standing where it should not be, let the reader understand, and those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. And the one who sits on the housetop must not go down or go in to get anything out of his house. And the one who is in the field must not turn back to get his coat. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing babies in those days. But pray that it may not happen in the winter. For in those days there will be tribulations such as not occurred since the beginning of creation, which God created until now and never will. Unless the Lord had shortened those days, no life would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he will shorten the days. So we got to stop there and pick it up the rest tomorrow. 
as we go down. We have this very famous passage which parallels with Matthew 24 about the Lord's coming, the preparation for the Lord's coming, what's going to happen, these things that are going to come upon the earth. And Jesus says, you're going to see all these things, these amazing, incredible earthquakes and all of these different things that are going to rock the world. Um, and just be, just know that uh, the, the end has not yet come. So we are seeing those things. <laughs> we are seeing the nations rise up against nation in various, in various places, and these things are merely the beginning of birth things. And also the, the earthquakes. Now, people will say, well, they've always had earthquakes. We've always had recent nations rising up against nations and rumors of war. But we've never seen it to the intensity and to the frequency, just like a, a woman in labor. They're getting more intense and more frequent. Especially when you throw in the nuclear option and you and now these earthquakes are and hurricanes and different things seem to be growing, if not in intensity, certainly in number. So there's a lot of interesting things to consider there. We'll just leave it at that and jump over to Charles Spurgeon now, March twelfth. Going out with joy. And of Zebulun he said, Rejoice, Zebulun, in Thy going out, Deuteronomy 33, 18. The blessings of the tribes are ours, for we are the true Israel who worship God in spirit and have no confidence in the flesh. Zebulun is to rejoice because Jehovah will bless his going out. We see the promise for ourselves lying latent in this benediction. When we go out, we will look for occasions of joy we will go out to travel, and the providence of God is our convoy. We go out to immigrate, and the Lord is with us, both on land and sea. We go out as missionaries, and Jesus saith, Lo, I am with you to the end of the world. We go out day by day to labor, and we may do so with pleasure, for God will be with us from morn to eve. And fear sometimes creeps over us, when starting, for we know not what we may meet with, but this blessing may serve us right well as a word of good cheer. As we pack up for moving, let us put this verse into our travel trunk. Let us drop it into our hearts and keep it there. Yea, let us lay it on our tongue and make it sing. Let us weigh anchor with a song and jump into the carriage with a psalm. Let us belong to the rejoicing tribe. In our every movement, praise the Lord with our joyful hearts. So as you jump into your carriage today, praise him with a psalm. <laughs> if you have a carriage. I, lo I love Charles Spurgeon and the time he wrote and, and what was going on back then, but it is, it is quite astounding how consistent the word of God is, is, isn't it? It doesn't change. All the things that were applicable back then are applicable now. So that is the truth. We have a blessing that comes as we are in him and we can go out in confidence that he is with us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning and for this day, for the joy we have set before us. We do bless you and we thank you and ask you to keep guiding us and using us and helping us understand the joy that is there and available to us, no matter what we're doing, no matter where we're going. We thank you, and we praise you, even as 
Renee and I are traveling. God, we praise you and thank you that you are our joy and our strength. So we give you this this whole day and thank you for it. Um, and ask you to bless those that are still struggling with some very serious health issues. We want them to know that we love them and that we stand with them. And some have received some severe diagnostics and severe prognostics and different things from doctors and clinics and tests. But we know, God, that you are there even in that, that you will be with them. So thank you for that. Thank you for church and everything that has been going on there and what you're continuing to do there and the new people that are baptized. We just rejoice and thank you, God, in all of these things. And may you continue to touch and mold us more and more into your image in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Goodbye. Uh, I am traveling up on a conference, Colorado, and so it's going to be sporadic getting these out to you. But hopefully we will. If not, the reading will be. So if you're on the podcast, you may have to jump over to Facebook to find out what the reading is or send us a note on calvarypv.com on the email and we'll try and respond. But we do have a, a Manna for Breakfast group, I think on Messenger and I think on WhatsApp if you want to get on that to try and pick up the uh, reading assignments and stuff when we're traveling, we can't do a live show or can't do a podcast. We would be honored and love to try and get that information out to you. So God bless you. We will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.